Well, hello, superstars, and welcome back to a new episode of the Just Fed It podcast. Thank you in advance for listening. I was having a conversation the other day, and someone asked me, what keeps you going? I thought about it for a second, and then I said, God. God is truly the only reason I am still here. Quite frankly, I should have been dead a long time ago. But his hand, his hand is on my life. I shared with you all last week that my mother had plans to abort me when I was in her womb. And then after that instance, I had other near-death experiences as well. See, when I was younger, I was ran over by a car. And that accident caused blood to swell my brain. And then after that, I was also suffocated by a pillow where my breath could have went out if they did not let go at the time that they were supposed to. And then as a young adult, I had all these thoughts of suicide. So yeah, if you asked me, I've been clocked out on this thing called life, okay? Like, I've been given up. But something happens when you give your life to Christ. Something shifts. Old man, new man. The Bible says it like this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Here's one thing I know about God. His word does not return to him void. If he created you, it means he has a plan and a purpose for you. There's something he needs you to do here on earth on his behalf. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Can I tell you something? If you're not dead, that means he is not done. There's something on this earth that you have been created to do. In order for God to move here on earth, he needs a vessel to do so. That's why the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord searches all of the earth looking for people who love him. It's because he needs a vessel to do his good works. You are that vessel. And I know that certain circumstances or situations can make us feel like it's too late. It's hopeless. But God wanted me to come on here and remind you today that if you are not dead, He is not done. Amen.
And if this is your word, I want you to leave a comment and I want you to rate this podcast. It really helps other people find this message as well. So if you have been blessed by my messages and you are blessed by this word right here, I want to encourage you to share it. I want you to bless other people so that they can hear this word as well. Amen. Going back to the idea that the old me is dead and the new me is empowered by Christ to keep going. I want to remind you that it is not by your strength, but by his strength. When we come in partnership with God and make him the Lord, leader and savior of our lives, the greatest gift that God gives you is power. Luke 10:19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 2 Timothy 1:7 says, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Power power you have got the power but how do you access this power proverbs 18:21 says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit it is very important that you mind your words superstars Watch what you say. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Your words will cause you to experience the life that you live. Words shape your belief. Your situation or circumstances, they don't have to change. What does need to change is your thoughts that you have towards them. Once you change your perspective, your thought on a situation, then everything around you will change. It becomes a domino effect. I'll prove it to you. When Jesus went from town to town healing people, imagine this. Place yourself in the shoes of someone who is sick, okay? Nothing around them changed. At that time, they were sick. And if you had leprosy, you had to scream out unclean, unclean, so that people know that you were someone who was sick. So Jesus come on the scene and that doesn't mean that they're automatically clean. Mm -mm. Jesus said, let's look at Luke 17, 14. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Like I said, place yourself in the shoes of those who are sick. Imagine you being sick. You're unclean to society. You meet a man and he says to go show yourself to the priest that you are clean. And in that time, the priest was the one who were the physicians of the time. And they told people if they were clean or not. So you had to go to the priest in order to get, um, I guess, that validation that you are clean, right? So that society would accept you back. And so Jesus told them to go do that. 
and imagine you are sick and this man tells you to go show your sick body your yourself that is sick that you're covered in disease he says go show the priest that you are clean if you are in the shoes of a sick person you're looking at your skin you're saying i'm still sick what is he talking about why is he telling me to go Nothing in their circumstance changed at that moment. The only thing that shifted in that moment was their mindset. They had to believe that, you know what? This man, I've heard he has performed miracles. This man told me to go, even though I look down at my skin and I see I am still sick, this man told me to go. So I have to change whatever I see in my physical. I have to change my belief towards that I have to ignore what I am seeing and I have to believe internally that I am healed and if I go somehow I will be cleaned they had confidence within themselves they switched the perspective from I'm sick to I'm clean and the bible says that as they went they were cleansed their situation didn't change their perspective did. Does that make sense? Are you following me? Jesus did this many times in the Bible. He said, your faith has healed you. Or he would say something like, it shall be done according to your faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But in Vedlin terminology, faith is belief. Their belief changed their circumstance and their situation. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. My question to you today, superstars, is what do you believe? If you don't know, take a look around you. What fruit are you eating? Anxious fruit or fruit of peace? This is often a good spiritual gauge as well to see which spirit is leading your life. The old you which is your sinful nature, or the new you, who Christ resurrected and who is spirit-led. The new you is surrendered to the will of God, while the old you fights for control. You are continuously eating the fruit of your words. Your words or your belief shape your world. Okay, Ved, so how do I make sure I'm eating good fruit? How do I make sure that I'm eating the fruits of the spirit? I want my life to resemble peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, etc. And my answer to you, superstar, I simply say, keep your eyes on the Lord. Obey his commandments, meaning live righteously, love others as yourself. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. For faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Remember, I said faith and ved terminology is translated to belief. So your belief comes by hearing. So be sensitive to what you allow yourself to hear and what you allow yourself to see. Your senses are easily influenced. Peter walked on water when Jesus told him to come. But when he took his eyes off the Lord, his senses, his reasoning mind told him what you are doing is impossible and he drowned. So keep your eyes on the Lord, superstars. Obey his commandments. You will bear much fruit. John 15, 5 says, He is the vine and you are the branches. Abide in him and he in you and you will bear much fruit. But apart from him, you can do nothing. I share this because I am not sure how many of you have been asked what keeps you going or what motivates you or how do you do all that you do. But I want you to know that if your answer is anything besides God, I want you to reevaluate your answer. Because the kids, they will grow up and they will leave. The spouse, he will grow old or she will grow old and will pass away. The money will become paper, unimportant, just another thing. The Bible says the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. That's Isaiah 40, verse 8. I'm saying all of this to say fulfilling your purpose is vital. The most important thing in life is to bring God's plan to pass. When Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you are someone who struggles to know what your purpose is, let me make it really simple for you. We all have the same one. (laughs) Our purpose is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. You are called to bring God's kingdom from heaven to earth. You are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus here on earth. Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes. So Jesus replied, then take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. What did he mean by that? 
meaning we are called to go out and bring the lost souls who ran from God. Bring them to his kingdom, bring them back home. And how do you do that, Ved? How, how do you bring people to God? By loving your neighbor as yourself. By understanding that it is no longer you who live, but the Christ in you. Remember, you were once lost. You were once broken. And it took someone that was in their purpose to bring you back to the Father. Whether it was a praying mother or grandmother, a spouse, a friend who dragged you to church, a sermon you saw online, or a worship song that you found on a TikTok or Instagram reel. Whatever it is, you are here. And I am so glad that you are here. But others need to be here with you as well. Now, I listed a couple ways that you may have gotten here to show you that just because we all have the same purpose doesn't mean that we use all the same gifts to bring people to God's kingdom. Some people are prayer warriors, okay? They will pray heaven down into your life. Some people are singers. They will worship. They will sing. They will praise. Some people are just excellent at preaching. They can teach a message to you. They can simplify things to you. Some people will prophesy over your life. Some people are doctors. Some people are scientists. Some people are lawyers. Some people are painters. They can paint really well. Some people are writers. They are authors. They can write you a book that makes you just come alive. There are some people that are encouragers that they can use their words with such wisdom. Some people are givers. Some people are great cooks. They can cook you a meal. Some people could be realtors. They can sell you a house. Whatever it is, whatever you're good at, whatever you do, however you attract people to God, do it. Even if you are not in your profession yet, still, you can be faithful right where you are. It is never too late nor too early Zechariah 4:10 says, "Do not despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin." Superstars, do not despise the small things. Do not make the great mistake and think that anything that happened in your life is unimportant. Nothing is unimportant. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God uses all things and he works it together for the greater good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So be faithful where you are. There's a reason that you are there. When your assignment is fulfilled, trust me, you will be removed from that position. That's why that there's this great saying that people are in your life for a reason or a season. And it's true. In this life, you will wear many hats. You were first a child and then you were a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And then you were a wife or a husband. And then you were a mother or a father. And let's not forget your career. You were a lawyer, you were a doctor, you were a musician, you're a painter, you're a realtor. And let's not forget you're a friend, you're a sister, you're a brother, you're somebody therapist, okay? 
In life, you will wear so many hats. And that is why it is important for you to come before God and ask God, Lord, reveal to me, who am I now in this season where you have placed me? God, what am I here to do? How can I show up and serve your kingdom? You see, when you were a child, you were honoring your mother and father. When you were a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a wife or a husband, you were getting your spouse to be the best version of themselves for God. When you were a mother or father, you were preparing your children and raising them right. When you were in your career field, you were helping other people in this world, making their life a little bit better, whether you were a doctor and helping heal people, whether you were a realtor helping sell somebody a house, whatever you were doing, if you were a painter, that you were painting something so beautiful that speak to millions of people, whatever it is, I need you to go before God and ask him, God, how can I serve your kingdom in this season of my life? What did you place me here to do? What am I here for? What are am I called here for? I was at a concert and there was this woman who was speaking on stage. She was a nonprofit woman and she was talking about all her volunteering that she has been doing and how she was at a jail this one time. And there was a woman who was incarcerated that she was speaking to. And she asked the woman, who are you? And the woman, the incarcerated inmate said, I'm number 70204. She introduced herself as an inmate number. Every day, she identifies with her mistakes, not knowing that she is loved, not knowing that she is chosen, not knowing that if she is not dead, that he is not done, not knowing that God can use her situation or circumstance to change those around her, that she was placed there on purpose for a purpose, that he can use all things and work it together for the greater good. So this woman, when was she was asked, who are you? She introduced herself as number 70204. She introduced herself as an inmate number. Superstars, I want to ask you, How many of you still identify with your past season? How many of you still identify with your mistake? How many of you don't know who you are in Christ? The nonprofit speaker said a quote so beautiful. She said, to be known is to be loved. So superstars, let me ask you, who are you? To be known is to be loved. I want you to start practicing introducing yourself. Yeah, I want you to start practicing introducing yourself. Introduce yourself to others. When people ask you, who are you? I want you to start addressing yourself as who God called you to be stop addressing who you were in the past stop giving your life story start speaking truth and speaking life over yourself start saying who God has called you to be it's no longer you who live 
but God who lives in you. Start identifying with what God has called you to be. Practice introducing yourself to others. Not by who you were, but who has God called you to be. And if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know what his plan and purpose is for you, if you don't know, join me in prayer. Let's ask God together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this message. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your truth. Lord, thank you for everyone who is listening to this message. I pray that they receive this message with open ears and open hearts. God, who are we? Who are we in this season of our lives? Where we are, Lord, reveal to us the reason why you have us here. Shed light on our purpose and our assignment in this season, Lord. God, I pray that you would empower us to introduce ourselves as who you called us to be. Empower us to introduce ourselves with our new identity and boldness. God, in times of difficulty to complete the seasonal purpose, when we feel stuck at a job or when we feel like we're raising a difficult child, remind us, Lord, that we are serving you And that these children are your children as well. They are an extension of you. So God, I pray that you help us see people and help us love people the way you love and see us. Lord, remind us every day that it is not by our might or our strength that we are here, but we are alive because we have a purpose here on earth. That there is something that you have called us to do. God, remind us every day that it is your strength and will. Remind us that if we are not dead, that you are not done. Lord, I pray if that there is any area in our lives that we have not surrendered to you. Lord, I pray that you would shed light in that area so that we may lay it at your feet, Father. Lord, it is no longer I who live, but it is the Christ in me. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son to die on a cross so that we may have a relationship with you. Lord, I love you. I thank you. Lord, we surrender to you today and every day. Lord, be the lamp upon our feet and lead us to the everlasting life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, family. Well, superstars, that's the end of today's episode. I hope this message left you educated, motivated, and inspired to take your next steps. Always remember, you are alive, you are blessed, you are loved, and you are worthy. You are so worthy. Until next time.